That's Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 to 17, on page 1184. Starting from verse 12. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through, through the psalms, hymns and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. If you still have your Bible opened, we are on page 1,184. And we're looking at Colossians chapter 3, from verses 12 to 17. And let's pray. Our loving Heavenly Father, thank you for all that you have done through Jesus Christ. Thank you that whoever believes in you is made new and that fact will never change. Help us as we come to your word this evening. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear and help us to know you more and love you more. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And I wonder um, how many of you uh, here tonight are into cars? cars. Um, I used to think ill of those who are crazy about cars. Uh, I mean, what's the fuss? Give me any car. As long as it drives, I'm happy. Um, I despise especially those who love um, the first Fast and Furious film, if you know what I was talking about. Um, I thought this is one of the worst car films that's ever ever made because it's got a very weak plot in the film it's all about straight line car racing there's no skill to it you don't need skills you just need muscles and so the richer you are the bigger engine you, you can build for yourself and the faster your car will go and there you go I just described to you my, my worst car film uh, the one that I hated most um, <coughs> Anyway, you know what? I used to say, I really do, uh, just give me a car and I'll, I'll be happy to drive it. Until one day, I got chatting with my dad's friend, uh, Raymond, who, who serviced my car. That was a few years back, back in New Zealand. And he told me how he loved to fix cars. He loves to fix, especially older cars. 
he said, not, none of the nonsense about the new cars, because with new cars, you can see half the parts. And the other half that you could see, it's full of computer chips that you can't really fix. You just need to order new parts from the manufacturers. It's a money-making scheme. So he, he loves to fix old cars. Uh, with old cars, what you see is what you get. And um, Raymond said to me, uh, it's a bit like you know, being a car doctor. You can diagnose you know, what's wrong with, with the car. You find out a problem, you fix it, and the car will start to run um, just like new, smoothly. Um, when there comes a time when, when he said, you, you just can't fix the car because the engine was just dead. And you, the only thing you could do with the car is to literally build a new engine. And when you restore that car and you build that new engine, um, essentially you are, you've given the, that car a new heart. So with, with that new engine that you've built, um, that, that car, even though the outside, on the outside it still might look quite crappy, quite ugly, but essentially that's a new car because of that new engine. And you can deal with the exterior later. <clears throat> so um, let's, let's look at Colossians chapter 3, verse 12 with me. As God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved. Bam! Paul starts by uh, slapping us with that statement. He gave us that image of something really beautiful. Dearly loved? Obviously, dearly loved by God. Holy? Holy means set apart. You see, God chose this group of people out of everyone. And he says, you guys belong to me. You are special. And that's set apart. But just how special are God's chosen people? Well, did you notice we've got that therefore right at the start of our passage? Now, what has happened before for which Paul would say, therefore? So let's, let's glance back over verses 1 to 4 really quick. So chapter 3, verse 1. You have been raised with Christ. Verse 3. Your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Verse 4. When Christ appears, we also will appear with him in glory. And that's shiny. So glory, glory is the condition of being bright or shining. It literally means weight in the Old Testament, like heavy weight, weightiness. So when, when the Bible talks about the glory of God, it's like an immense weight that pressures down, that presses down, that you just can't bear it, and that's God's glory. So when verse 4 says that we appear with him in glory, not only are you set apart, the new you are of the highest quality. Heavy duty, and did I mention already? Shiny. So, do you now see how special the new you is? Um, that's the reality Paul, reality Paul wanted us to know. Christ died for our sins. By believing in him, we, we died with him 
and are raised with him. We're given a new life, a new heart, a new engine through Christ Jesus. Now let's, let, let, me, let me do something that's going to make you feel very cheesy and embarrassed. Um, turn to your neighbors and tell your neighbor, tell the person sitting next to you or in front of you or behind you, tell them you are chosen by God and I am chosen by God. Okay. Tell them like you mean it. Hopefully you won't be thinking, I'll never come back to St. John's if Aaron was to ask me to do that again next time. <laughs> uh, now, if you've been to a car show, you'll be blown away by all the fancy cars uh, on display. I wonder if you've been to one. Uh, I went to, I went to a, a festival for speed a few years back. It was amazing. Uh, if you're lucky enough to get to sit in one of those cars as a passenger, or even get to test drive one of those cars, or just by sitting in there, do nothing. <laughs> That's the best I could get myself to. Uh, you'd, be, you'd be lying if you, you tell others that you, you don't want to own one of those cars. That's just such an amazing experience. So all of us sitting here, all splendid, like attractive new supercars, and people rushing into our church, they were told, this is the place to be. You know, you got to come and, and get a taste of all the love and all the encouragement from God's people and so on and so forth. Um, and they can't wait to find out who made those amazing cars fitted with shiny new engines, um, each one uniquely handcrafted by our amazing God. But is that the reality? If so, praise God. But if not, why not? Uh, a few years back, a guy called David Kinnaman and um, his friend Gabe Lyons, Gabe Lyons uh, they did a study. They surveyed two groups of young Americans to understand how they view Christians. Uh, so the group on the left, the nuns, uh, they are the outsiders who, who've never been to a church, so nuns. And the dance are those who used to go to the church but are done with the church. And this is how people see Christians these days. Non-church goers think we're a bunch of homophobics, uh, we're judgmental, we're hypocr hypocritical, and so on and so forth. And I'm, I'm not saying people must agree to our views on everything. Now, we could be true to what the Bible teaches, being distinctive and countercultural uh, from what everyone else says. But at the same time, we could, be, we could still be attractive. See, there's a difference between being distinctive and being repellent. I wonder if people come to the church, what they are seeing instead, um, instead of beautiful, good-looking supercars, um, what they see is a bunch of unattractive old, broken-down cars. So in, in Paul's letter, in Paul, in Paul's letter to, to the Colossian Christians, uh, he instructed us, he instructed them with the image of clothe yourselves, putting off and putting on, etc. I thought we might as well carry on with the car theme 
alongside the clothes, just to see if that could help us remember uh, the lesson better. So firstly, since the new you is so gloriously shiny, get your paint jobs sorted. And you know, if you've been doing paintings before, especially painting cars or painting any, any metal, um, you want to make sure you get rid of the rust first before you paint over, um, before you paint the car. Because if you don't sort out the rust, uh, the corrosion continues to happen. And eventually, the rust will grow and then seep through the, the new paint you just given to your, your car. And then after you've finished painting your cars, then you want to spray a final coat, a final layer of coating called um, lacquer, or it's a type of varnish. So that, that, that layer would hold your, your paint together, keep your paint uh, protected and shining. Imagine Paul says to the Colossian believers, you know, you guys are all magnific magnificently shiny as God's people on the inside. But can people see that on the outside? Um, let's not even worry about what those nuns and duns think about who we are, what the church is like. Let me ask us, you know, within this building here, what do you think? What do you see in each other? Do you see a bunch of Christian losers sitting around me? Or did you really mean, did you really mean it when you said to each other earlier, you are God's chosen people. You are special. You are holy and dearly beloved by God. Is, is church a place you simply can't wait to run to each week or a place you're a bit reluctant to come to? Especially if you, you're told to come. You, don't want, you didn't want to come, but you, you're here because you were told to come. Um, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Those are beautiful. And imagine all of us are like that. But before we go on putting on those virtues, there's an instruction to, to take off. See, if you fall into a sewer and then you manage to climb out of it, you wouldn't put on new clothes over those yucky stuff that was still on you, um, would you? Um, if you would glance back with me to verse, verses 5 to 10, Still in chapter 3. Uh, Paul talks about our old lives, the life we used to live. So verse 5. Put to death to our earthly nature. All the rubbish, ugly stuff. Then strip off and rid yourselves of those vices in verses, verses 8 and 9. Paul's being very practical here. You see, how can you be kind and gentle on the outside and put on a happy face and pretend everything's good if you still hold anger and grudges towards someone uh, in your heart? In verse 13, immediately after Pope gave that instruction of putting on those virtues, he gave an example of what taking off those old and putting on the new would look like you'd be able to bear with one another. You'd be willing to forgive one another. 
and you won't hold any grudges in your heart and continue to, uh, to be bitter. Why? Because God had forgiven us through Christ. Therefore, we are also to forgive. And then Paul adds in verse 14, on top of those beautiful virtues, he says, put on love. And love binds all the other pieces of virtues together. You know, clothes back in those days, unlike our clothes today, you know, we just put on stuff, button up, and it fits pretty well. Back in the days, it's like little pieces of this and that. And then after you put on those bits and pieces, you, you probably would use a belt of some sort just to bind everything, everything together so that you know, pieces of clothes won't fall off. Uh, just like the, the lacquer paint for the car, the final varnish coat that's painted on the top to protect the paint underneath. So the word used for love here um, is agape love, if you are into Greeks. Um, it's the, the sacrificial kind of love, the kind that Jesus demonstrated for us already. And it's because, it's because God first loved us so we can love one another with that love. And we can forgive because the Lord forgave us. But easier said than done. As I was studying this passage and prepping the sermon, I was um, unpleasantly wronged by others a few times. I'm talking about good timing. It's very, very convicting. I feel like I'm a hypocrite if I haven't dealt with that properly. Uh, and I, I really wanted to express my anger towards them. I was so angry. And I wanted, to, I wanted them to know how wrong they were. Um, I just found it hard to forgive them. I really don't want to forgive them. But God drew my attention to how much he had forgiven me through Christ. You see, I was reminded of how ugly and, and dirty I once was and still are. And how, despite all my sinfulness and all the filth, God still chose to forgive, for, forgive me. So when I look again at how those individuals wronged me, it really was nothing compared, compared to, to how I've sinned against God. It's a bit like, you know, someone pinched on my skin, and I feel the pain. But compared to the nail-pierced wound and the pain that Christ suffered, because of my sin, because of how, how I wronged God. And I, I wasn't able to forgive until, until I understood how much God loved me first and how he had forgiven me. So just to recap Paul's instruction for us, you have clothed yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, peace, and forgiveness, and you have loved to bind them all. You bear with one another, you forgive one another, you are truly shiny. So keep it that way. But how do we do that? With what can I daily keep the new me shiny? Um, I might look brilliant today. I hope I do. Uh, but it doesn't mean tomorrow I would look the same. Um, you know, my shirt might become untucked. Sorry, that's a bad example. My mind's already untucked. Um, my buttons might be undone. 
and my belt, my, my knee tightening up so my, my trousers won't fall off. In fact, we actually need help daily. Um, we need help daily to put on, to, to put to death our old selves, our, our earthly nature. And we need help too uh, to putting on those good virtues. You know, those new pieces of clothes don't necessarily fit nicely straight away. We need, to, we need help to get those pieces on. Then we need help for some, from someone to help tightening up the final piece, which is love. So thankfully, that help we need is already in us. Um, don't forget that your new self is... Oh. Sorry, I'll show you that later. Our new self is fueled and empowered by Christ. There's reasons to be thankful for. And um, a picture you are going to see very soon. Um, have you seen films? Uh, many films, actually. They all take joy in crushing, crushing expensive um, supercars. So, yeah. That's actually my favorite car as well. Um, and I'm, I'm sure you are all aware that there's nothing valuable in the, inside those cars. Um, that's just for effects. Um, oftentimes, they're just empty shells. That all the engines and the valuable parts have been um, stripped out already. But, but we are different. You are different. Not only are you shiny on the outside, the new you is truly powerful. Because, uh, back to verse 4, Verse 4 says, Christ is your life. Therefore, we could say, our life is powered by Jesus. Uh, back to verse 15. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. The word rule here is a Greek word that, that describes an official at an athletic event. But like the umpires or the referees, of our modern day sports. Um, the, false teacher, the false teachers Paul continued to warn people about throughout the book of Colossians. They are like self-appointed umpires. They're the fake ones. And they lead people astray and they defraud you um, of your prizes. But if the peace of Christ is in you and be your umpire ruling in your hearts, you are not going to go astray and lose your rewards. Let the peace of Christ act as an umpire when anger, envy, and other evil desires arise. And let the peace of Christ take control. And what does that look like? Well, I'll give you an example of what that doesn't look like. Uh, when I went back to New Zealand for a visit about five years ago, uh, I was told at that point, there were nearly 80 Chinese churches um, or congregations. There were 80, not because, not because of people rushing to church and to become Christians. And that would be awesome if that's the case. Um, the number of the church increased because of the split from the inside, because, because of the split from conflicts. 
And we're not even talking about conflicts with the world out there uh, for being countercultural or for disagreeing, disagreeing with, with everyone else's view. No, there was no peace within the church. And people had grievance against one, one another. They weren't willing to forgive each other because everyone, think, everyone thinks they were on the right and, and others were on the wrong. And they weren't allowing the peace of Christ to rule in their hearts. Verse 16, Paul goes on saying, Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly, as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom. Since we are in the Church of England, if you don't know, St. John's is part of Church of England, uh, you're probably, probably all aware of the recent debate on whether the church should bless same-sex marriage. And you would probably hear some people, uh, some so-called Christian, telling you, saying, well, we've prayed, we've fasted, um, we've sought God, and we totally have the peace in our hearts. Uh, this is where the message of Christ comes in. The word is the final authority. When someone says, to you that they have peace about something that contradicts with the message of Christ, we must look in, into their eyes and challenge them and say to them, well, I don't care how right you feel you are and how peaceful you, you have, you feel in your heart. What you are doing is contrary to the word. So yes, the peace of God rules in your heart, but it will never contradict um, the wisdom of God is revealed in his word. But how, how can the word of Christ dwell in our hearts if we don't know the word? And that's why Paul instructs the believers to use all wisdom, teach each other, admonish one another. So when all God's people are ruled by the peace of Christ and are living in peace as members of one body, it truly is something to be thankful about. When we have the message of Christ dwell among us richly, it's something we could really be excited about. And again, we give thanks to God through singing to him with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. And finally, verse 17. Whatever you do, um, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. In other words, whatever you do, you do everything in the nature and flavor of Jesus Christ. Because the new you is fueled and powered by the peace of Christ and the message of Christ. With Jesus' help, you are fully dressed. You're fully clothed. So everything you do, you could do things and say things with compassion, with kindness, Humility, gentleness, patience, forgiveness, and love. How can we not give in thanks when people see us and realize, realize that our God really is the life-changing God? So just, just imagine, if every one of us all made new by God through Christ, um, if every one of us who come to St. John's all loving one another, beautifully clothed, 
having compassion, being kind, being humble, being gentle, peaceful, forgiving to one another, bearing with one another. Imagine that this is the church you are part of. And you are just so excited and you simply can't wait to come to church uh, to be with one another whenever you get the chance. This is the church that's truly attractive. Wouldn't you think others want to come to? Let's have a moment of quiet. Think about what Paul has instructed us to put on and what you need to put off before you could putting those on. And think about what think about what's making St John's a place you really love or a place you are reluctant to come. Is there anyone you need to make peace with? And I pray for us in a moment. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your love for us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Thank you for making us alive with Christ when we believed. And thank you for helping us. <coughs> thank you for helping us to be renewed each day so we can become more Christ-like each day. Help us, Lord, to daily put to death our earthly nature and to allow the peace of Christ and the message of Christ to work in our hearts, to help us putting on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, forgiveness, and love. And help us to grow as a body of Christ as we were called to peace. Help us to reflect you, the source of glory, so that people can see and give glory to you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.